From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WisPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, J.R. Good to be back with you on Capital Notes. Hey, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks to you and Chuck for keeping it going while I was on leave. Oh, of course. He was a great fill-in. Yes, definitely. Okay, so I'd like to start with the latest on the redistricting lawsuit in the Wisconsin Supreme Court. To catch people up, the Democratic voters who filed the suit argued that the court should create new state legislative maps by mid-March. For people who haven't been following the play-by-play, remind us of what's at stake with these redistricting lawsuits. Potentially the balance of power in the Capitol. I mean, Governor Evers has been working with a Republican-controlled legislature with large majorities the entire time he's been in office. If you have one or even both houses controlled by Democrats, it changes everything. The discussion about expanding Medicaid, about taxes, about environmental policy, I mean, everything would change in the Capitol because you'd have a different power dynamic. But as long as Republicans hold both houses and with substantial majorities, the governor's playing defense more often than not. So it's really a huge, the stakes are just huge in this lawsuit. Okay, so the latest in the lawsuit is that, about these state legislative lines, is that consultants were hired by the court's majority. They said the GOP-drawn maps were partisan gerrymanders, but that the Democrats' plans largely met court criteria. The GOP legislators' lawyers have filed briefs in response to the consultants. Other things have been happening. What's important to know now? Well, there are a couple things going on. One, uh, all of the parties in the case filed a response to that consultant's report, which like you said, found the GOP map to be a partisan gerrymander. It called a map from the conservative Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty a stealth gerrymander, in their words, basically saying that of the, the maps admitted that have uh, that we have, the four from the Democratic parties really have the best, uh, best chance of meeting your criteria that includes political neutrality, quote-unquote. So then there was a, a series of briefs filed in response. No surprise, each party argued, hey, our, our map is the best. We think you should pick it. But there's also a motion filed by the attorneys for Republicans and lawmakers, conservative voters, arguing that these consultants, um, that either the report should be ignored, thrown out, or there needs to be some more explore, exploration here about what's going on. They should sit for um, depositions. They should be able to ask questions about the criteria they developed in the report. Basically, it's two things. One, Republicans have long argued that this case has been sped up, that there hasn't been enough time to explore issues such as what does political neutrality mean? How do you measure that standard? Um, They argue, among other things, that there's a geographical advantage to Republicans in Wisconsin because their vote is more spread out, or Democrats are more concentrated in urban areas. And really, it's also part of a delay tactic. Republicans are looking at this and saying, hey, if we can just get this thing passed this year, uh, past 24, 24 elections, we can fight, fight another day. There's a Supreme Court race in 2025. If conservatives win back, control the court, that this lawsuit could go away. They're just trying to find a way to slow things down and keep maps they had in 2022 in place for 2024. So given that fact, there were some conversations over the past week with legislative Republicans kind of floating the idea of passing Democratic Governor Tony Evers' maps. What are you hearing on this? What are the chances that the legislature and Evers would resolve this on their own without the courts? Well, Senate Republicans have have teed up the possibility of doing that very thing during the floor period on Tuesday. The governor, when asked about that possibility of signing his own maps, at first was kind of a little bit um, noncommittal, but made clear later last week that 
Yes, if they sent his maps back to him as is, he would sign. Now remember, Republicans took the governor's maps and then made changes a month ago that paired fewer Republican incumbents. The governor said, that's not right. Uh, Those aren't my maps. Once you change them, they're not my maps or yours. And he vetoed that bill. It looks like Republicans are considering just doing the governor's map. You might say, well, why would they do that? This is a Democratic proposal that would, you know, create a path for Democrats at least to win back control of both houses. Well, it's possibly to some people, some Republicans, the best of a series of bad options. If you look at the maps that were proposed by the Democratic parties in the lawsuit, there's the governor, Senate Democrats, uh, the Democratic voters who sued to overturn the maps, and a collection of professors in Dana-Milwaukee counties. There are more pairs of incumbents in other maps in the court. They are tougher, some of them, to get a majority for Republicans than the governor's map. So they've looked and said, well, if we pass this map now, both houses sign off, the governor signs it, you have certainty because the court, it doesn't have to have a decision for another month or so. The Elections Commission has asked, um, we'd like to have a map, if you're going to do a new one, in place by March 15th. That gives the commission time to put those lines in place by April 15th, the first day to circulate nomination papers. That way the people know who they can ask you know, for signatures, that kind of thing. So you've got that kind of hanging out there. There's no immediate requirement for a decision. Well, if you pass a map now outside the law, you know where you're running. If you have to move, you know, okay, I've got to start thinking about a new, a new place to live to be in my district. You can start recruiting candidates. You can start raising money. You just It creates certainty when you're facing a difficult situation as a Republican to get this done now rather than waiting longer. So what's the advantage for Democrats, you know, in terms of having the court do it instead of having Governor Evers' bills passed by Republicans? If the court did it, you might get an even better map than the governor's map. You might get a a more favorable map politically than what Evers proposed. Now, the downside for Democrats is there is a chance if the state Supreme Court draws a map, you could get the Republicans to go file a lawsuit with the U.S. Supreme Court and say, hey, there was something amiss here. They've argued Republicans that there was a violation of due process. This case was prejudged by Janet Protosiewicz. That is appropriate that she sat on the case after receiving nearly $10 million from the state Democratic Party. In talking to people on the Capitol, they don't think there's a great chance the U.S. Supreme Court would take that lawsuit, but there's still a chance. And if you can avoid that, then you're going to get a map that's better for you than what you have right now in place for 2024. It could be worth the trade-off. That that security of knowing you've got a more, a quote-unquote, fairer map for you politically than what you have versus the uncertainty of, okay, we have a new map, but the U.S. Supreme Court step in and change everything in a heartbeat if it wants to. So are you anticipating, you know, Governor Evers to be on board with with, you know, if the legislature passes his maps? He said he would. Now, again, he's made clear he would as long as there's no changes, no no, no fooling around with his maps, no tweaks, anything like that. So he's waiting to see what comes out of the legislature if they do it. But if they pass his maps as is, then he said he would sign them. All right, you're tuned into Capital Notes. I'm Ayan Silver speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WizPolitics.com. Okay, J.R., there's nothing in life that's guaranteed except death and taxes. We're headed into a week of floor sessions in the legislature. There's a $2.1 billion tax bill on the agenda in the assembly. It would pack in more than 1 million Wisconsin residents into the second lowest tax bracket. That's people who make between $19,000 and $150,000 per year. Who is for this? Who is against it? And why? 
Well, Republicans are pushed this package. The governor has vetoed other tax cuts they proposed in the past. And what they're doing now is saying, look, the gov- hey, Governor Evers, you've said that your kind of target audience is those making up to $150,000. Well, okay, we're going to take that second smallest ta- or second lowest tax bracket in Wisconsin for income taxes, and we're going to expand it to cover income up to $150,000. We're going to gear these other tax bra- cuts toward people in that kind of income bracket because you've asked for it. And then we'll see what's going to happen. Well, the response from Democrats has been, we're worried that by passing this now, we are putting us in a difficult situation for the next budget. Remember, back when the budget was signed in July of 2023, we were expecting about a $4 billion surplus at the end of 2025. The latest estimate from the Legislative Fiscal Bureau, the nonpartisan budget arm legislature, has paid up more about $3.25 billion. Uh, sounds like a lot, but part of it is as a package of bills that would provide more funding for the universities of Wisconsin. So that's about $400 million. It's also a slight dip in projected income or tax revenues. So that's another $400 million. So, you know, that's not the not small amount of money, $3.25 billion. But the Democrats' argument is there's some uncertainty. Uh, let's not go out there and spend this all right away. Now, the other thing is they also know if there's a new map and if Democrats win a bunch more seats in November, it could change the dynamic in the Capitol. Governor has paid, played defense with his budgets for the last three cycles. This could be one where he'd be more, you know, what he wants, not what he's trying to prevent, but what he wants in terms of how that money is spent. So the more money you have sitting around come early next year, the more the governor have to play with in crafting that next budget. I guess there was some back and forth between some Republican legislators. Uh, Republican Rep. David Steffen said, I look at tax cuts like they're burritos, they're all delicious. And then <laughs> Senator Calderoy's said, they may all be delicious, but they may not be equally nutritious. So what what about this particular tax cut that Republicans are proposing would Evers have, have a problem with? Well, the income tax one will be interesting to see. It's the biggest piece of that pie. The governor seemed most open to expanding a uh, tax credit for child care and dependent care. But the caveat is he'd like to pair that with uh, some solutions for uh, the child care industry. He has said over and over again we should be spending money to help um, help that industry to uh, subsidize their payments for workers to keep them open because if you lose daycare access, you lose workers because they can't go out in the workforce and stay home with their kids. So he, he likes that paired, but that's the one he seemed at least a little bit open to, but we'll see. Gotcha. Okay. So ongoing negotiations about that. Thanks again for the insights, JR. And as always, thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. That was J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com, speaking with me, WEWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments every other Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect, and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.